0: When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh-hand, burned-piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. the throw down toward the goal line, going up, ball tipped in the left, well, cut, touchdown, Jordan Westerkamp, Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest, oh, baby! far side back to throw as Martinez, now being chased, throws it out, a flat, Burkhead makes it a catch, sits tackle, 25-20, 15-10, 20, 5, Rex push touchdown, Nebraska! All right, let's get rolling. What is going on, everybody? Thanks for joining me tonight here on Church of the Corn. It's just me, uh, Zach here. Uh, everyone else is a little busy, so we're going to rock and roll with just me here tonight. Got some questions uh, asked a little bit ago, and figure we'll shoot the shit and we'll answer them and the best of my ability. Um, talk about offensive lines like normal, uh, defensive coordinators and just some of the coaches and, um, on, on staff with the rule and kind of my opinion on it so far and kind of where I sit on things and what we'll kind of rock and roll from there, but yeah, uh not, not a whole lot of star power on this coaching staff as of right now, just kind of breaking down the coaches we know about Marcus Satterfield, the offense coordinator, um, we know that for sure. Is he going to coach a position group as well? He was a tight ends coach as well when he was at South Carolina. Um, he's worked with rule quite a bit in the past, uh, Terrence Knighton. So this is one that, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, he's really interesting to me just because the, uh, defensive line for the Carolina Panthers was. Pretty damn salty. I mean, they had Derek Brown, uh, who who's developed quite a bit since being drafted, and they had one of the tap, top sack guys in the league in Brian Burns. So between the two of them, I would really love to know how much one-on-one time Knighton had with those guys to, I guess, really kind of gauge his coaching prowess or what he can bring to the table. He's a really raw guy. He played, I believe it was nine years in the league, nine or seven years in the league. Um, coached a Wagner for a year, spent a couple of years under rule, uh, was elevated once, I believe it was Paul Pasquinelli, uh, got let go. Um, so yeah, it's it's the the staff's a lot of real young, young guys in the coaching field. Knighton's got one that's got me interested because Supposedly, he's a hell of a recruiter. I, I, he doesn't have a lot of experience, but apparently he's got a great pitch. Um, Ed Foley is kind of the old guy in the group with, I, I believe he's in his mid mid to late 50s. Uh, he's worked at Temple, Baylor, Carolina. You're going to notice a common theme with a lot of these guys. Corey Campbell is a strength and conditioning coach. I thought he was going to bring Jeremy Scott, to be honest with you, from Carolina um as as the main guy i mean he's worked with rule since the beginning uh he's worked with rule since rule was a walk on at penn state university so um i, I honestly thought he was going to bring him with him but uh, campbell does have a pretty impressive resume uh was a graduate from georgia i believe he was a fullback down there and if you look at him you can tell cause he's built like a brick shit house um It's, you know, a couple years in uh, the pros, which a lot of these guys have, you got to think is a selling point to recruits, regardless or not. If it worked out, you were still there. You were still good enough at your craft to get to the league. Now, obviously, you could spin it and say, well, yeah, they bombed out in three years. I mean, fuck, it is what it is. You're at the the, uh, top of the top at that point not everyone's going to make it you see it happen all the time where you've got your savings and your urban meyers uh, your steve spurriers back in the day even that making the jump from college to pro doesn't work for everybody those are two completely different uh locker rooms the type of players you're working with are completely different you're working with multimillionaires as opposed to college kids you know a guy like uh, I'll, I'll bring one up um I can't stand him, but PJ Fleck is another guy that is gonna work in uh college, but will never work in the pros. The used car salesman shtick doesn't work, which I think is is part of the reason Matt Rule didn't work in the pros, is you're not gonna be able to use car salesman people. Um not at that level because they're really not committing to you're drafting them, you're you know, you're doing things like that. So I think in college. I, I think I think it's it's a good I, th- I think it's a good spot for a lot of these guys. Um, defensive back Evan or Evan or coach Evan Cooper, uh, former Temple guy worked under Baylor, uh, Carolina as well, and then the last one that everybody seems to be really excited for and for good reason is uh, running back coach EJ Barthel. So barthel is a really interesting story with really his I, I don't know we'll say his uh with where he started off started off as you know a uh former player um temple you know, director of player personnel recruiting coordinator which you're if you look at a lot of these guys uh bios and resumes and different things like that you're going to see a recruiting coordinator on them. which which is great um i'll kind of explain our conversation we have with in a little bit here but you'll see a lot of guys that know how to recruit um it seems like there's an emphasis thus far placed on development um and guys that can teach and that's what you need that's why i've said that this roster has been really missing so um he's been the uh University of Connecticut running back coach uh, last year, scouting intern the p- previous year, offensive assistant the year before that. So he's spent a little bit of time all over the place as far as college and pros. The majority of it is just um in the northeastern area with your temples, your Howard's, your Albany, your William and Mary. Obviously um, coaching at, we'll say, a, a level down in FCS, but Still has some really good proven results, even when his former players are reaching out and putting things on social media and Twitter and different things like that, um, basically giving their coach kudos and letting, letting everybody know how good of a coach he was with development and just getting the, getting the, the right guys on the field, we'll say, um, which we haven't always seen in the past here at Nebraska. I I think we've left a lot of talent on the bench, especially this last year, even in the younger, younger class, the freshmen and such. But I believe he was able to double production from 800 to 1600 uh, yards. And also that was with our third string, third, fourth, and fifth string running backs. Impressive to say the least, um, considering that Nebraska had their first string running back Um, did not have the second one with with AJ AJ, uh, Allen who most likely is the best running back on roster Uh, DB said it many a times Uh, Drake was saying it yesterday when we were on the radio as well so it it really does seem like um, Barthel should be able to do some really good shit here with what we've got on the roster it's not like there's no talent there's a ton of talent um, I would like to see if A.J. Allen will be a guy that sticks around here or if A.J. Allen's going to be a guy that transfers out um, with his skill set, his talent, his ability. That could be your number one back next year, coming back fully healthy. And I believe there's a collarbone that should not be any problem bouncing back on that. So i um, really excited to see see that um, and and see kind of what we got coming with the, with this new staff obviously there were a couple more hires um i believe it was rob Let me pull up the name here so i don't completely fuck it up rob devorchek um is was brought as a new linebacker coach uh, a couple of recruits confirming that i believe it was uh dylan rogers was dylan rogers i believe was the um recruit that oh, let's see let's see. i got it typed up in front of me here. Um, uh, per Brian Munson, after talking with Hayden Moore, there are three guys in the running for defense coordinator. Um, so yeah, it looks like, uh, it was confirmed by a couple of the recruits that Dvorak will be the linebackers coach, which leaves a big spot open as well. Dvorak don't know what's not about him. Um, no, he was a player at temple quality uh, defensive quality control guy at Baylor, uh, defensive ends, outside linebacker coach at Lehigh, and then the last two years uh, coaching at Carolina. So a really, really young guy. It seems like this staff is full of up-and-coming guys or guys that are pretty hungry at this point. So at you almost got to take rule for what it is and and, and trust that he's going to get these the right guys on the roster, and hopefully everything clicks at this point because what the fuck else can you do? Um, You can complain and bitch, or you can try and support, and it's not easy, but it seems like Rule is doing the right things. Uh, You know, the basic things, just like showing up to the stadium at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. to check in and start doing his job. So crazy enough but um yeah I, I think Rule over the next couple years or I shouldn't even say next couple years Rule's going to do nothing special this year and we're going to think it's the greatest coaching job ever just because it's literally a coach doing his fucking job. So that being said, I want to go back to defensive coordinators because there's a couple names that everyone's really been floating out there that if you could land either one of these two names I mean, they're slam dunk hires. It's 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 no brainer hires. I'll go to the one that everyone's been talking about. It's the uh, linebackers coach and co defensive coordinator, Glenn Schumann from Georgia. Obviously, it's 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 Georgia. He's been a coach at Alabama as well, so he's coached at the two elite schools in an elite conference. Um, can he do it with lesser? Players, which he will have here at nebraska no offense but it just kind of is what it is um will he be able to develop these guys the way he was able to develop these five-star players now i think schumann would be a, in a slam dunk hire that's knocking out of the ballpark completely um you know he started off as a graduate assistant in alabama worked his way to up to a graduate assistant uh Director of player personnel and associate director of personnel, and then uh, transferred or went to Georgia 16 to 18, was the inside linebacker coach, and 19 to present, co defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach. So, I think a slam dunk hire would be him. You can knock out two birds with one stone. You got your defensive coordinator as well as your um, linebacker coach. It doesn't happen. It, it, it's hard to say um he's an extreme long shot i would say just with he, he's at georgia um would the only spot he leave to be to move to say a head coaching spot could be um you're pretty much at the pinnacle at this point unless you want that pure defensive coordinator alone by your name i don't know why he would really leave um and with that elite defense, he can pretty much pick and, and stay as long as he wants to, because um, I don't see that pipeline slowing down anytime soon. So uh, Scholman is the one, or Schumann is the one that a lot of people have been throwing out there. Completely get it. Um, another one that would be a hell of a name or a hell of a get would be uh, Jeff Collins. So th- he is the former Georgia Tech coach um, he has a little bit of crossover experience with our guy matt rule worked together at albright college as well as western carolina so there is some uh, crossover there uh, previous experience working together he did take over georgia tech's program it never seemed to really click for him um, he's coached a little bit everywhere a lot of time in the south fiu mississippi state um, he has developed some pretty goddamn good players, though. Uh, Mississippi State Fletcher Cox was one of the guys that he helped develop. Also, a top five uh, defense in 2013 and uh, in 2014, also number one red or red zone defense and a 10 and three record. So, pretty damn good there. 14 and 15 was at Florida. 17, 18 uh, took the head coaching job after Matt Rule. I went seven and six and then took the head coaching job at georgia tech georgia tech didn't go so great so he could be a guy that's a better defensive coordinator than head coach but he's got a ton of experience so he would be a guy if they can figure out the whole buyout situation it would be a guy that i would really like to see um another name that people have been bringing up bill bush um it's unfortunate that we let him walk out the door this offseason thus far because Bill Bush did some incredible things. You could see it not so much in the Oklahoma game, um, but every game after that bye week, uh, you could just see that defense came out, played inspired, played just like their hair was on fire. I mean, it w- it looked like two completely different teams in all honesty, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, You saw Garrett Nelson starting to heat up the quarterback to the tune of getting a uh, second-team All-Big Ten honor, which congrats to that young man. Um, O'Shawn Mathis, the numbers may not have – they say numbers don't lie. Well, in this case, they do because he had a pretty damn good year, all things included. Um, Sack numbers didn't show it but his ability to swat the ball or swat balls coming out of the backfield because um, he's built like a basketball player. Uh, tackles for loss, just disruptive plays. Um, you know, he's a guy that, oh, man, I really hope he stays. Um does sound like he will be on campus, obviously, uh, a little bit later this month to take some guys through some tours. So that could be a good sign. Um, that's definitely a player that I would like any perspective defensive end or edge rusher to go with. Also, it helps that it is also a guy that went to the high school that Oshan went to. So um, some connections there. I'll be really, really interested to see that. Um, yeah, And, you know, going back to something that Brian Munson said, uh, after talking with Hayden Moore, which is the uh, commit to Nebraska, there are three guys that are in the running for defensive coordinator. So that's, there's three names out there. Not sure what they are, but it's, there's three names. Um, and then Brock Knutson, the Nebraska commit, said there are four guys in the offensive line coach running right now. For And one would be announced this week from what he's been told. So you could have um, two of your big, big, big hires locked up this week. Now, I did some searching through Matt Rule's history to see kind of his, his offensive line coaches, just to check and see if there's a lot of crossover, if it's a new guy that's rotating through it constantly, there's been, there were some commons um, in 2013. Alan Mogridge was the uh, offensive line coach. He's now at USF. Uh, I believe he was just let go with the uh, staff down there uh, in 14 and 15. Chris Weeshan. Um he's a guy that does a little bit of everything. He's he was at Georgia Tech. Um he's he's got some crossover with Rule, obviously, as the offensive line coach for in 14 and 15, 26 years of uh coaching experience. He was a tight end and offensive special teams coordinator for Georgia Tech. Um, you know, he's been at Purdue, Notre Dame, Buffalo, Northern Arizona, Tampa Bay, James Madison, Syracuse, UCLA, Hawaii, uh, you know, the guy's been all over the place. So, um, he'd be a guy that I would have to give a call to just because of their familiarity previously and see if there's, see if there's any interest there or if it would be a good fit, um schematically with what they want to do here um and then in 18 and 19 one of the coaches that's still at baylor actually is sean bell um that's been a steady the steady in hand through um you know rule to aranda he's still working with aranda so that would also be a guy that i would like to see a, a phone call made to um I said to someone a little earlier today, uh, they asked me if I had any read on the defense coordinator, and not really, but um, the guys I kind of mentioned earlier that are the few I would like to see. They did strike out with Elijah Robinson down at Texas A&M University. Um, I know he was a big fish that a lot of us were hoping for, but it does sound like that ship has sailed. Um, and, And also it does sound like Matt Rule shot his shot at Jim Leonard. Uh, I believe Sippel was the one that dropped that little nugget. Um, he shot a shot at Leonard, um, but the family and Jim wanted to stay in the Madison area, which, hey, you know, if you've got a comfortable comfortable uh, surroundings, why wouldn't you? Um, I believe he will be staying on his under Fickle as the defensive coordinator. So it'll be interesting to see that dynamic because – I feel like there's got to be some hurt feelings between Leonard and Wisconsin. I could be completely wrong on that, and Jim Leonard could be a bigger man than I am. Um, but if I thought that I was going to be getting a head coaching job at my alma mater and ended up getting, you know, passed over for fickle, I, I just got to imagine I would have some hurt feelings about it. I Maybe not. Maybe Maybe uh, I shouldn't take things so personally like that, but it just seems like it. So, so and like I said, uh, for our defensive coordinator, if we're paying them less than a million bucks, man, I, 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 I don't think that's a spot you could skim on. I feel like that's a name you got to pay for. It's the same thing with your offensive line coach. Now, Riolà is one of the names that's still being looked at for, the job. So that's one of your four names right there is uh, Riola. We all watched the offensive line last year. I don't know how much, and I uh, I won't be an apologist for Raiola, just so we're clear. I don't know how much of that was on his coaching. I don't know how much of that was on the fact that no matter what offensive line coach we may have had last year, it may not have worked because the head coach and the offensive coordinator were constantly, and we'll just say butting heads for all simple purposes. Um, you had, I don't know if I egomaniac is the correct word, but you had two egomaniacs fighting over control of a button that at the end of the day, neither one of them will have a say on next year. So that's why Frost is gone. That's why Whipple will be gone or is gone. Um, It's just. This team makes my head hurt sometimes. Um, One thing I do want to go back to. um, I do want to go back to the offensive side of the ball for a couple minutes here. Um, Marcus Satterfield uh, is a guy that has, has coached with rule in the past. And he, he's just coming off of, while at South Carolina, beating two top 10 teams uh, with Clemson and Tennessee back-to-back. So, you know, to me, that's a great thing. Um, I actually did get a message as well from a guy that his kids down at uh, South Carolina. And, you know, he said, as far as what Satterfield was trying to do down here, he just didn't have the pieces for it. And the fans got fed up with it quick. You know, the way I look at it is if you've got a brand, if you've got an offense coordinator that's been somewhere for a few years, even at the highest of the highest of the high, eventually they seem to wear out their welcome. Um, It could be one bad game that haunts them for the next year, almost like the Michigan game for Ohio State, or, you know, it just could be, they were out there welcome with the same offense and, you know, it, it could be the case, but, um, and also the, well, who was calling the place last couple of uh, games? Was it Beamer? Was it Satterfield? So, uh, uh, there's some obvious trepidation there. I completely get it, but a pretty experienced guy coaching down quite a bit in the South with Chattanooga, Tennessee, Richmond, Western Carolina, UT Martin, uh, Chattanooga again, Temple, Tennessee tech, tight ends coach at Baylor, assistant offensive line coach at Carolina, and then OC QB coach in 21-22. So, guys got a lot of experience in college and pro as well. I I really feel like with this team next year, we're going to see a lot more um, I formation. Rule has said it himself that they want to bring the fullback back. And that is probably making every red blooded Husker fan boing. Um, maybe not, but uh, yeah, it's we haven't had a true fullback since shit. It's got to be Pelini at, at this point that we've had an actual fullback back there. Um, it'll it'll be nice uh, the the one thing that I hope doesn't happen is I hope this offense doesn't revert to the stone ages of college football. You still have to be somewhat of a spread, but you can run your triple option concepts out of the third out of the spread you can run RPO concepts. you can run a lot of different concepts out of the spread formation um, but still be a power team as well. Um, I, I would not hate it if we're in the I formation 30 to four, 30 to 40% of the time next year and the rest of the time in a spread formation. Sounds like Casey's going to be coming back for another year, which is a, a great get for Husker fans. Um, consider what we had seen with the rest of the quarterbacks on roster. Um, it's a good thing that Casey's coming back. Now, the, the thing that this coaching staff has to do quickly is obviously figure out a way to plug that offensive line. I won't say fix because you can't fix an offensive line in a year. You can plug it, but you can't fix it. There's a lot and I say a lot of transfers that will be going in the transfer portal. It opens up today. You're going to see chaos over the next couple months and you know it, it's expected. Um I'm honestly surprised Nebraska has not had more transfers into the portal. Um, no real contributors outside of number 15. Um, he's the one guy that I think when everyone's seeing the name enter the portal was kind of like, fuck, what do we do now? Because that's a guy that a lot of people were calling for his head early in the season because he's a freshman out there just trying to stay keep his head above water. You could see as he grew with the position, as the year went on, getting the snaps, um, picking up a lot of the concepts, knowing his reads, different things like that. You could tell as the season went on, Houseman really grew into that kind of star linebacker, if you will, um, grew within the defense. Uh, you know, he's a guy that if they could put wherever he goes, for this matter, uh, Probably 20 pounds on him. I mean, you've got a NFL linebacker right there. Probably get him up to about 230-ish. Uh, he's got the speed. You know, instincts will just keep getting better. Um, you know, the more snaps you take in game in, with game speed, the better you're going to be. Um, college or, you know, practice snaps are great, but it's nothing like live fire. Um, nothing like the live bolts bullets flying at you. So, yeah, it's he he's the big one. Um, it doesn't sound like he's um, on board with coming back at this point from some of the things that I've read. It uh, sounds like there may be a pretty good disconnect between the linebacker coach and um, 15. So, uh, unfortunately, if if, the, if that's the case, you wish the uh, young man nothing but the best. Um, but he's one that I definitely hope a – Big time linebacker, or you know, defensive coordinator um, with some linebacker developments. Schumann, um, would be able to change his mind. Just doesn't sound like that's going to happen at this point. Uh, Jane Gold was another one that um, everybody was kind of shocked, or maybe not so much shock. Transferred, but um, as Drake said yesterday, he cracked the three deep, so you figure that he would have been involved in the game at some point with special teams or even rotational duty. Uh, but di- didn't really see him. So he's a he's a transfer from the Jersey area. You have to wonder if maybe the staff with having connections up there can also help kind of tie him back down here and and see what see how that goes. Um, you know we we do have our guys recruiting all over the place. Started off in the metro area um, Friday, as a matter of fact. I know they were in the Bellevue area, Omaha, Gretna, um, and then pretty much have been working their way out. Uh, sounds like. Rule met with Coleman Malachi, one on one. You know, I I should say had an in home visit and met at school as well. So, um, his recruitment will be kind of interesting to see. Uh, you know, we all we all know that there were a lot of players that committed due to ties to Mickey Joseph, and uh, totally get it. That's that's we say commit to a school and not a, a coach or anything like that, but. Let's be honest, the school isn't recruiting you. There's a coach. There's a human tie that's recruiting you to said school. So being a realist, um, if that coach isn't there any longer or gets in trouble or anything like that where there's any uncertainty, you expect those players to pull their relationship since the connection is no longer there. Um, and same thing with Hausman. Uh, if, if you think about it, his defensive coordinator is not here anymore. His linebacker coach isn't here anymore. The guy that was coaching him for the last uh, eight games of the year was a special teams coordinator. So not a whole lot to really keep him here. Um, it, it is strange because he's he is a Nebraska guy, born you know, where he's from. So. It's still kind of strange, but you also got to think with these guys entering the transfer portal, there is a reason why they're entering the transfer portal. It's because of uncertainty. Um, you always got to look out for number one at the end of the day, no matter what you say. You have to do it. Um, college football, especially at the Division One level, is a business. you got to capitalize while you're hot, and Ernest Hausman just came off a pretty goddamn good season. So, of course, without having a linebacker coach at the time, Um, And who knows what Dvorak is going to coach is outside linebackers, inside linebackers, exactly what that will be. And no defensive coordinator there. Who, who does he have to talk to? He, he doesn't have anybody to give him any sort of direction at this point. So it's completely understandable why you'd put your name into the transfer portal. Um, Then you have a guy like uh, Crawford who also uh, same thing as some of the recruits had that connection with Mickey and, Did his, um, you know, he, he, he capitalized on the NIL at at a nice clip, but decided to put his name into the portal. Good luck to the young man. If, um, if the, you know, if he does end up transferring out, it's just going to be a lot of chaos over the next couple of weeks. Um, a lot of big time players out there in the transfer portal. There's a lot of big time players that could help Nebraska, um, You've got a lot of you. You have a few FCS linemen that are all Americans in the portal. You those don't grow on trees. Um, So you're going to have to have a great plan. Um, Good thing is for Nebraska, they do seem to have a great plan with NIL. Um, Gary Sharp said this, and I brought this up yesterday. um, That a lot of coaches feel like this is the first time since Solich. That the coach sitting apart from that or you know, uh, across the table from them, and rule actually has a plan, and they are hard to that plan. They are sticking to it. That's something that we need. Um, we don't need to switch week to week to week to week because you can't master something by always doing something different. If you want to be a If you want to master something, you got to get your 10,000 hours in. So you got to get the reps. You have to constantly hammer something in until it's second nature. That's one thing that we haven't done because we've had no pet plays. We don't have a scheme. We don't have a structure for the offense, and we haven't at least for four years, five years now. With Riley, you could say the same thing. So that's eight years. The last time you could say that there was an offense that actually had an identity or a structure was under Pelini crazy to say, but it's absolutely true. And even then it wasn't a great offense. It was just enough to win games. And you know, there, there were a few years. So I, I take that back because Martinez had his, his coming out party against K state in that offense. So I do, I do take that back. Um, but like Frost, it was such a quarterback centric offense that if that quarterback takes any hits or gets injured, you're fucked up a creek. So Frost just didn't have an identity for his offense. And I, I've if I've said it once, I've said it a million times the whole, hey, Oregon, Oregon speed, Nebraska power, how are we going to get there? What are steps one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? We don't have them. Well, you can't build something you don't have the steps to. Um, that that is the one thing that I am happy about with rule. So I do want to make a quick comparison here because I think Wisconsin and Nebraska both won the coaching, coaching, searching higher, if you will, for different reasons. Um, I think Wisconsin won the coaching search because I think it's one, a one B, but I'll go with Wisconsin first. Reason I think they won there where they are is because it's obviously Luke Fickle. I mean, they got a big fish that nobody else thought would ever move from Cincinnati unless it was to Ohio state. Um, I believe turned down Notre Dame last year. Um, You know, a lot of big jobs that you didn't see him leaving unless they opened up and Wisconsin opened up and, you know, kudos to them because they got a guy that he doesn't really have to do a whole lot of building at wisconsin depending on what he wants to do structure wise to that team you've got braylon allen possibly back if they can prevent the poaching from happening of braylon allen they'll be fine he'll be the best 13 year old running back in the country that's that's the guy that you got to keep though you got to keep braylon allen on roster if you're fickle and if i mean to me he's that's it's a no-brainer for the guy they they keep Jim Leonard as defensive coordinator, which I mentioned a little bit earlier. So that's that's a huge win for Fickle um, to win over that. I guess do his part to win over that locker room. But once again, is there is there trepidation with something everybody brought up with keeping Mickey? You got a guy who thought was going to be the off or the um, who was the interim coach who thought was going to be taking over the head coach's job. Does that split the locker room on who people look at? Do people look at um, Leonard one way and then fickle another way? Or is there, I honestly don't think there is. Um, I I didn't worry about that with Rule and, and Joseph here. Um, to me, that's that's a, if that's what we're concerned about, we've got bigger problems. That means we've got the wrong people in the room. As a head coach, I look at it like anything else. I don't want to be the smartest one in the room. If I'm the smartest one in the room, we're all fucked. Um, I got to be adult enough or I got to know that others can be better at things than I am. And I hire those people to, to, you know, cover my weaknesses. So I feel like with what they've got up there, I, I, I think they need to, with the offensive coordinator, it'll be interesting to see if they try to go straight what Cincinnati did this last year, or if they try to do a mesh to me, I'm meshing it for a year or two, just so I can get my guys in there. But with what they've got on roster, fickle doesn't have to rebuild. Um, He can take that team and kind of continue what they've been doing. And honestly, they could probably win eight to 10 games next year with fickle at the helm. Um, Now I'm going to switch over to Nebraska. Why did, why, Why is Matt Rule a better candidate? Well, Matt Rule's been handed shit sandwich after shit sandwich after shit sandwich and dealt with it and left every place better than he found it. I know everyone said that, but it's true. You can see it in the records. You can see it in the coach that takes over after him usually has a pretty goddamn good record just with those players and being able to step in and kind of continue what he's had going. Um, You know, when you... when you spend as much time at temple as he did, I believe he was at temple for about a decade, not so much head coach, but different coaching experience while there temple is a hard place to win. Uh, it's, if in Philadelphia, you know, it's a, it's a tough place to, it's a tough place to win. Even it, being in a lower, lower conference like the, uh, I believe in the, it's the, in the American conference, excuse me. Um, it's still tough. It's still tough to win. And he did it at a pretty high clip, um, a lot of those guys followed him to Baylor when he took over Baylor he took over a goddamn dumpster fire from the uh, Art Bryle situation I believe it was a transfer or a uh, one year with Jim Grobe and then he took over for Grobe so lost pretty much an entire recruiting class Jared Stidham was going to be in that class lost uh, all of uh, Bryle's players and then went 1-11 so bottomed out pretty hard I don't see that happening here I think there's enough talent and and remember rule has never had the opportunity and availability to legally pay players through NIL and have the transfer portal. He hasn't ever had that. So I think we could be possibly, if he can get some of the guys that you've offered out there, you could do a a flip a little bit quicker than you think. Now you're not going to win 10 games next year. So get that out of your fucking head. But You could probably get to, say, 500 next year if, 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 if you land maybe one to two to three of these JUCO offensive line that you've offered, um, if they can get a couple of those FCS transfers, which everybody wants. So if they land them, it's because they got a goddamn good recruiting package. And even some of the younger guys, we'll see what will happen, but you do that and and you could be in a lot better spot. So I I think Nebraska won their side of the coaching search just by getting a guy that's a program builder. That's tough. Uh, you know, Trev gave us all the the roadmap of what he was looking for in a head coach. I mean, he said Matt Rule was his guy the entire time. I'm inclined to believe him. Um, once again, just because you coached in the pros and it didn't work out doesn't mean you're not a good coach. Uh, we've seen... Plenty of good coaches flunk out there and then go back to college and rip shit up. It's, I think you could say both both uh, teams won and be completely fine with it. Now, Dion to uh, Colorado, that's another one that's, uh, I didn't see that happening. I thought he would stay at Georgia Tech. I thought he'd go to Georgia Tech or stay at uh, Jackson State. He's going to be flash and dash, and and you know that's what Dion is. Good on him. He's got a shtick, and it works. I just wonder, and I don't mean to take anything away from Dion when I say this. Is his success at Jackson State because he's got the best athletes and doesn't need to scheme them, or is it because he's got the best athletes and puts them in the best position to win the game? you can take it one of you know one or two ways it just really depends on how you look at the situation but they do have some of the best athletes in HBCU so um his son actually transferred to Colorado with him which we all saw coming but hey hey good for him um i'm never going to be mad at someone for taking the bag and getting 5 million bucks to coach a team i just didn't think he'd go to colorado I don't think he'll be long at Colorado either. I think Colorado will be a stepping stone job based on NIL problems up there. Um, ability to not spend money being in so much debt and high academic standards. Um, being at a school, that's a bunch of nerds. So yeah, I Dion up there will be interesting. You know, you get rule versus Dion next year. So that'd be a cool matchup. Um, and then apparently the, uh, Colorado athletic director is not what is scolding their fans to not sell their ticks to, to Nebraska fans. So, if you get a chance, I would definitely buy a Colorado ticket and we can turn that stadium red again. So, um, yeah, that's a lot of a lot of big coaches, uh, getting hired. Like I said, there can be more than one team that wins the coaching carousel, and I, I think they both did this year. So, looking forward to see what the staff does uh they have not spammed everybody with a thousand offers like the previous one did um it seems like they've got a very concentrated approach and they're going after guys that will fit their scheme which is what we need um it's great if you've got 24 stars but if none of them fit what you want to do schematically it doesn't really matter because then that takes away from their talents and takes away from your coaching ability because it's square peg, round holing it. I think you're going to have a lot of tough guys here, and it may not be the prettiest football for a while, but I think it's going to be a rock fight football. And Nebraska is not going to beat themselves. And I think this will be the first time you can say, and I don't know how long, and it'll be true. Matt rule will build a team that won't beat itself. And I think we can handle that for a year, even if it's not ideal records. If you give me a team that's out there constantly competing, not shooting themselves in the foot and coming up a little bit short because they're a guy or two short. I can live with that one. It's what we've seen the last five years. That makes it really hard to live with and keep supporting. So, um, Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I I think we'll have almost the full staff completed by this weekend or this week coming up. Um, you got to start getting something together, uh, with, with the recruiting, starting to amp back up and transfer portal and different things like that. Got the, got to get the defensive coordinator going, got to get the offensive line coach in, which we'll be hearing about this week. Um, but other than that, everybody, I'm going to get going. I'm going to watch some football tonight. Um, We will not be on the radio Saturday, so don't worry about that. Um, But I've got a little something in the works that we'll do um, possibly going forward. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But everybody, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, For Drake and Fitz, who are not here with us, Um, for myself, Zach, thanks, everybody. Have a great night. We'll talk to you later. Members of the congregation. Let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.